Welcome, I'm Nestor Flores, the pastor of Dayspring Church in Mission Hills, California. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. I want to invite you to learn more about Dayspring Church by visiting our website, dayspringmh.org. We trust that if you open your heart, God will speak to you and you'll know how to live a life with God at the center that will result in a blessed life. This message will inspire, build your faith, and help you to know God better. Enjoy the message. How is everybody? It's good to see you. I got to get used to this. I'm not used to this modern stuff. You know, you guys are, are too youthy for me, I guess. Uh, I, I'm, I'm getting older. I know that I don't look like it. And uh, you're going to say, hey, you look really young, Pastor Frank. It's good to be here today. Hey, um, welcome to Dayspring. Those of you that are watching online, we want to thank you for connecting. Um, it's always a blessing to, to have you with us. Um, when you walked in, you got a bulletin. If you take that out, there's an outline in there, and uh, we're going to be filling in the blanks. I think there's blanks. Um, if you have a pen or a pencil, you can take it out, and we're going to be going through the scriptures. I, I, they told me I got 20 minutes or something, so that's just my warm-up time. I, I don't know if I can make that happen. Uh, it just takes me 20 minutes nowadays to warm up. How many of you here are more mature like myself? And how many of you know that when you get older, it takes a little longer to warm up? Right? I mean, you know, you, you used to get up, you sprung out of bed. Now, you know, you got to think about it. You know, and you go, well, do I put this foot out first? Do I go with both? Yeah, it's, it's, it takes a little time. So it takes, it's going to take me a little time to warm up to, to start speaking. But uh, Nestor's over here timing me already. So the other day I got into my car and, uh, and this uh, light came on and said uh, maintenance required. Ever seen that one? You know, it tells you it's time to change the oil, right? Because um, if you don't, you'll be in trouble. It's an interesting thing about oil is that, you know, if, uh, if a motor uh, keeps the oil too long, it loses its viscosity, its, its, its power to lubricate properly so the pistons end up, uh, be, you know, basically freezing up and you destroy your motor. Now, you, we all know that. That's why miles we, we change our oil. And uh, we, we do that in order for our engines to continue to move forward. Now, isn't it interesting that out of all the things in your car that can really ruin your car, oil is one of them? Think about that. Oil can ruin your car. You can think about anything else, right? But when you come to this simple fact, that the lack of viscosity in your oil, in other words, when your oil goes bad, you can ruin everything. Listen, listen. God has anointed us. But when that oil goes bad, it will ruin your life. You've you got to have a fresh anointing. Because sometimes we think, well, you know, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit when I was, you know, X amount of years, and I'm okay. And, 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 and it's not a one and, and done deal. You need a fresh, that's why we come every Sunday. We need a fresh anointing. 
We need a fresh oil to be able to have the vitality that we are going to need to face the world, to face the challenges that are. We need fresh oil. Somebody say, I need fresh oil. This is what David discovered. And so this is what he says in Psalm 92, verse 10. He says this, says, but you have exalted my horn like that of a wild ox. Now, isn't that a weird? Who thinks about a horn on an animal, unless you're a unicorn or something, right? But you got to realize that this is symbolism here. And he's talking about, whenever he talks about a horn, he talks about strength and power. And so when he's talking this way, saying, you've exalted me with strength, with power. And then he uses a simile. He says, like a wild ox. He says, this is how strong it is. Other versions say that it's a buffalo. It's, it's, a, it's a beast of strength, of power. He says, you are going to be re-strengthened. And then, listen, listen, this is, this is what he says. This is how it's going to happen. He says, I have been anointed with fresh oil. The correlation between strength and oil are connected. That your oil, the of your oil is going to determine your strength. So it's about your relationship with Jesus and the fullness of the Holy Spirit that will make the difference between being a weak Christian and a strong one. And when you're anointed by the Holy Spirit and you get this fresh anointing continually, and I would recommend daily. Don't wait for 3,000 miles. Don't wait for once a week on Sunday. Get filled with the Holy Spirit every day and get a fresh anointing so that you will have the strength to be able to move forward in the name of Jesus. Now, why do you need a fresh anointing? This is what this series is, is dealing with, and I got I to gotta do it as fast as I can, so I'm not going to explain everything because I think that Nestor's been explaining this really well, probably better than I can. You need a fresh anointing first because the anointing restores you. There's a restorative process that happens when you're anointed. And we have the good shepherd as the example. He anoints the sheep. And by anointing the sheep, there's a process and a restoration and a protection that happens. Second, the anointing will empower you. You'll receive fresh power from on high when you are anointed. And you will receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And then today, I want to deal with the anointing that sanctifies you. Somebody say, Really? The anointing sanctifies you? See, this is one of those things that, that in Christianity we have the audacity to say. Nowhere else will you hear this kind of description except in the house of God. Nobody else will ever even dare to use this qualification. What qualification? Holy. 
Nobody runs to come holy. Quite the opposite. We don't even believe that we're holy. Quite the opposite. Because you're saying to me, I know myself, I'm far from that. I know myself, I know how I live, I know what I think, I know for a fact that's not what I am. However, that's what God calls you. What? That's what God calls you. Holy. That's what you were meant to be. Holy. And the holiness that comes upon your life is a result of the anointing. The word sanctify means to consecrate to God. It means to be set apart for God's use or for God's special purpose. To sanctify is to make one holy or sacred. So God sanctifies you. The anointing, uh, for many reasons, and I'm going to give you three today, um, because there's many, but I'm going to give you three today, all right? Number one, the anointing sanctifies you so that you can be set apart for God. So that you can be set apart for God. Now, the anointing is the distinguishing, distinguishing mark of God upon you. The Bible calls it a seal. Nowadays, we, we don't use seals very much, but back in the old days... Whenever you wrote a letter, you know, and they put a seal to identify who was the sender, right? Uh, we put seals on letters still to some degree. We don't use those anymore. You know, we put a seal that identifies who's the sender and who's the recipient of this letter. There's seals. Seals are, are, are everywhere, and they identify, right? So God has given you. He's put a seal on your life. He has a mark. And, it, and guess what? It's his mark. It's, today we call it branding. He branded you. Why do you brand something? To identify its owner. This is who this property belongs to. It belongs to me. I'm Put a brand on you so that everybody knows that you belong to me. That's what the anointing does. It puts a brand upon your life. I want everybody to know. I want the devil to know. I want every demon to know that you belong to me. You see, what sets us apart from the world isn't how cute you are. How good looking you are, how smart you are. What says the world is the fact that we have been branded as God's possession. You belong to God. You belong to him. You are his. Look at what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13 says, And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed... You were marked. You see, see that? You were what? You were, you were marked in him with a what? With a seal. There was a brand on you now. And he says, this is what the brand is. It's the promise of the Holy Spirit. 
who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession. To the praise of Spend an hour talking here. I said, the, the, the Holy Spirit is given to believers as a down payment to ensure the guarantee that the full inheritance as a child of God will be given to us. God says, I'm going to brand you as my possession. I'm going to give you the full possession in heaven later. But now you need to know that you have the guarantee that heaven is assured for you. That we are people that live with constant hope. Not the hope that things are going to change here because they're probably going to change for the worse. But our hope is that we have an inheritance that is waiting for us. Jesus said, I am going to prepare a place for you so that where I am, you can be also. My hope is that I'm going to and that God has something great for me for eternity. That there is something better waiting for me. That's my hope, and I live with that hope, and what gives me the guarantee of that hope is the Holy Spirit that is in me, which which I've been sealed. The Holy Spirit is given to confirm that we belong to God. The anointing is the guarantee that we are forever His, that we are children of God, and that we have a reward assured for us. The reward of heaven. This means that we can live today joyfully, confidently, at peace, assured that no matter how bad things get, they're going to be better in heaven. We have this joy here, not because this is good, although it may be, but there's something better. The full inheritance is before me, where God has unimaginable glories prepared for you. But this security not only gives you hope for a future heaven, but it also makes it possible for you to live a righteous and pure life today. It compels us to behave in a manner that is different from the world. It empowers you to do the will of God. Look at what the Bible says in Ezekiel chapter 36 verse 27 says, And I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. When you are saved, you are sanctified. You are set apart for God. And then the Holy Spirit comes and he seals you as God's child. In other words, that the Holy Spirit gives you, listen, listen, a new brand, a new identity. You no longer are what you used to be. Now you are a child of God. You no longer are a sinner. You are a child of God. 
You no longer are whatever tag people gave you or marked you with. And some were pretty ugly. But now, you're God's child. You're a son or daughter of the living God. And it changes everything. And there's a powerful principle here. Listen, listen. Your identity will always determine your behavior. All right, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. You guys didn't get it. Your identity will always determine your behavior. In other words, that the way that you behave is linked to what you think about yourself. So however you perceive yourself, however you view yourself, that's how you're going to behave. You see, some of us have come to Christ and we're still behaving like what we used to be. Because we're still, we're still looking at ourselves by what we used to be. And we can't get over that. And because you can't get over that, you're still acting like the person you were before. Wait a minute, you need to think differently. You need to come to know the truth. And the truth is that you are holy. See how hard that is? See how hard that is? I keep telling you that. You I know myself. I know what I did. I know what I'm thinking. What you're thinking, it's about what God says. You're holy. And holiness has nothing to do with what you're thinking. It has everything to do with what God has done. And what he has done is that he has separated you. He has taken you from the world and now he has placed you upon the rock that is Jesus Christ and he says, now you belong to me. And when you realize who you are in Jesus Christ, then you begin to act like it. If you were born in a royal palace, act like a pauper. You're going to act like a royal you're going to kind of walk with a swagger, right? You, and, and it's not, listen, it's, it's not some kind of, it's not prideful. It's, it's just, this I am a child of the living God. I act like one. I walk like one, right? When, it's, when, it, when it quacks like a duck, smells like a duck, swims like a duck, guess what? You're done. And so you begin to act that way because that's what you are. But unfortunately, many of us continue to be robbed of our identity. And how are you robbed of your identity? Because the enemy, the accuser of the saints, will always take you back to what you used to be. He will always remind you, you're worthless, you're nothing. You remember what you did? Did you? Come on. And says, I want you to think about what I've done for you. And what I've done for you is that I've removed you and placed you here. A person cannot behave differently than what that person believes about themselves. And you will always act according to what you believe about yourself. And that's why God says, I'm going to give you an identity. I'm going to seal you. And I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit to always remind you of who you are. Because who you are is you're a child of God. 
And you need to be refreshed all the time. Fresh oil. I want to remind it again all the time of who I am. Because if I don't, then the enemy will remind me of who I used to be. This is how God does this. He sanctifies you. He sets you apart for himself. You see, we, we have it backwards. We, we, we have it backwards. We think, wait a minute, if I do good things, if I, if I behave, if I'm a good boy, then, then, then maybe I can become a good person. That's what every religion in the world teaches you. Do good things. Do good things. And then you might, just might make it into heaven. By the skin of your teeth, you might make it. God says, no. You apart, and I'm going to make you into a good person. And then you will do good things, not to become a good person, but because you are a good person. You with me? Your identity determines your behavior. It's who you are. And so, listen, it is by grace. You didn't do it, by the way. It's by grace. It's by his mercy that you have been saved. He did it. He sanctifies you. He says you're holy. It's his work over your life. It isn't your work. You see, because you think you're the one that needs to have to earn your way to heaven and become good. You don't. You're good because God makes you good because of the goodness of God, of Jesus on the cross and his blood washing your sins away. All right, I think I took the 20 minutes I needed. Um, second, second, and maybe I, I can only do two points. Second uh, <laughs> is, is that the anointing sanctifies you in order that you may be used of God, that you can be used. You see, the anointing is what enables you to be used by God. In other words, if God wants to use something or someone, he first anoints them. Now look at what the Bible says in Leviticus chapter 8, verse 10 and 13. It says this. Then Moses took the anointing oil. The, by the way, this anointing oil is the anointing oil that he, um, that he tells him to make in Exodus chapter 30. There's a particular um, uh, recipe for that. And we're going to talk about that in a couple of weeks. Is that okay? And uh, this is the anointing oil. And Moses took the anointing oil. It wasn't just any oil. It was the anointing oil. And anointed, notice where he anointed, the tabernacle and everything in it, making them what? Wait a minute. It's like he's anointing the building. And then he anoints everything. Like he anoints the mics and he anoints the table. He anoints everything inside. Why? Why? He, he keeps on going. He sprinkled the oil on the altar seven times, anointing it and all its utensils, as well as the wash bin and the stand, making them what? Holy. Holy. Then he poured some of the anointing oil on Aaron's head, anointing him 
and making him holy for his work. So you see, anointing and sanctification is about separating. So when you anoint the house, you are separating it for God. You're saying this house is going to be used for God. You're saying this mic is going to be used for God. This is all the tables and all the they're going to be used for God so you anoint them. Listen, listen, listen. All these things, the house, the table, everything else, they're just ordinary stuff. But they become extraordinary when they're anointed. Oh, hold on, hold on. They become extraordinary when they're anointed. So God says, I'm going to anoint you. And I'm going to take some guy that's just ordinary Joe, and I'm going to put my anointing over him, and he's going to be extraordinary. That's what God wants to do to you. That's what Let's first be He can't use something that is not holy. Because otherwise he, wouldn't, he would no longer be holy because he's contaminated. He's perfect. So he has, to, he has to move in that holiness. And so he anoints us. He separates us. He sanctifies us in order to have interaction with us and in order to use us. In the passage that we read, God instructs Moses to anoint all the vessels so that they can be used of God. Then Moses poured oil, the oil of anointing over Aaron's head to separate him for a life of meaning and purpose. He anointed him to become a priest, the high priest. And then he brought his sons and he anointed them too so that they can serve in the temple. Jesus, the anointed one of God, lived a meaningful and purposeful life. Jesus came to declare that the kingdom of God had come, that the kingdom was, and, and the kingdom is the sphere of his dominion, that he rules. He is the ruler. And when he came, he came to say, I'm the king. I'm going to rule. Now, He's not talking about a physical rule like a king of this earth. or a He's saying, no, I am the king of kings and the Lord of lords. I am going to rule over and have dominion over everything in the spirit and in the natural world itself. He's, he's, the, he's, he's, he's a ruler. The sphere of his dominion is his power and his authority. So wherever his power and authority are manifest, that's where his rule is. You with me? Wherever his light invades the darkness, that's his rule. So God has then anointed us so that wherever we go, we are those that take the dominion of God into the darkness and bring about the rule of God in the earth. And it's with that anointing that Jesus moved in power. It's with that anointing and with that authority that he would step into any situation because he was anointed. He himself said that the Spirit of the Lord had come upon him for he was anointed and he began to spread that 
We hope you enjoyed this message. But before you go, we want to extend an invitation to start a personal relationship with Jesus and declare Him your God. No one loves you like Jesus, and no one will impact your life for good like Jesus will. Would you make the following prayer your prayer? Heavenly Father, I repent of my wrongdoing. I open my heart, and I want to have a personal relationship with you. I trust that Jesus died so I could be forgiven, but He didn't stay dead. He rose back to life so I could have eternal life. From today on, I will follow you, transform my life through your truth and love. In Jesus' name, amen. Congratulations. If you made that prayer, God lives in you and now you have a new life in Him. Connect to a church so your faith and love for God can continue to grow. We believe that you can find a loving and encouraging community in Dayspring Church. Come visit us. You belong here. We would love to meet you.